Welcome to the Shaman Jessica podcast where I share all about my work as a shaman. These episodes are purely based on my own experiences and perspectives and never a substitute for medical advice. Let's begin our journey. Greetings, girl, and welcome to my world of Hi, everyone. Welcome to another podcast episode. First of all, thank you so much for being here. I'm Jessica, your shaman host. And today I'm going to be answering a question that was highly, highly requested. And that was if my friends and family were supportive and how people reacted to me doing this work, especially in the beginning. So I'm going to answer that question for you with a lot of personal examples. And I've also included a lot of questions that I've received about let's say, the business side of things. So let's jump straight in. Well, I'm going to mark the beginning of me doing this work as around June 2020. If you've listened to my other podcast episodes about my background, I explain more about how I got into this work and how the transition was. So I'm not going to include the time where I was like a closeted working shaman, but when I was really openly practicing, taking clients, and started my Instagram account as well. And yes, people were surprised. Of course, when you include social media and use that as a platform to share anything about your life or what you're doing, it attracts the attention of people, of course, that you don't know, but also that you know because that's how those algorithms work. And while I was transitioning into doing my work professionally and openly, I didn't really share it with everyone because, first of all, you need to see this transition also in the context of me moving to Australia, which is really on the opposite side of the planet from where I'm from in Amsterdam. It's in the opposite time zone. So... That already has an effect on your relationships where first you talk every day and then every week and then every month and then every couple of months. So I wasn't really keeping everyone super up to date on what I was doing. And this is just how I am in general because I'm more of a doer than a talker, I guess. So it was the same with us moving where... We just did it and then we were going a couple of weeks later. So when I'm creating or when I'm in a process or a transition, I want it to be completely from my own state of being and my own energy and not very much informed by other people's thought constructs and opinions. So that is how I usually unconsciously go about things anyway. So yeah, people were definitely surprised, especially the people who I hadn't told about this work or hadn't really shared that side of me with before. And growing up, I guess I was very much already used to being quite different in my family, in my class, in my school, etc. Because I just had a very different worldview from most people. I was very artistic, very creative, and I was very much used to people not agreeing with me, people often not taking me seriously for that, and I was okay with that already. So 
in general, also because those of you who know me and know about my health history, in general, I was kind of like a don't sweat the small stuff kind of person and very much trusting my own perspective. So for me, diving completely into what I was already doing and choosing to just make that the foundation of my life and take on clients and do it professionally was for me just very much a feeling of coming home and very exciting. So the people that know me best, so like my mom, like my one of my oldest childhood friends, they were like, oh yeah, that makes total sense. And one of my friends who I've known since we were 12, she mentioned that one of the first things that I ever said to her was what the color of her aura was and something about my spirit guides or her spirit guides. I don't remember, but she did remember. So that was very funny to see that the people who know me very well, it totally made sense for as well and were actually really excited for me. I think for my mom, she's okay with me talking about this, by the way, because we talk all the time. I consider my mom like one of my, or my best friend in the world. And she was really protective and kind of uncomfortable with me being so open about myself, like straight out the gate. But it was really important for me because you can't really do this work with people without diving very deep. And sometimes I do have clients, for example, who just don't want to share anything really about themselves. And that's fine. I totally respect that. And what comes up in the journey is always spot on anyway. But this work is very much about human connection and really allowing us to heal each other and empower each other to heal ourselves. So I wanted people to be able to trust me by not really holding back or keeping any secrets. And also my own health journey, especially, was very, very critical or like fundamental to me even rediscovering my own healing abilities and applying them on myself and then to other people. So it's very much interwoven with my own background and the story of me becoming a shaman in the first place. And I really wanted to be a space of trust, you know, my work, and that includes my Instagram account. And I really see that it allows other people to relax and be comfortable as well. And also to know that you're not alone in things is already very transformational in itself and really important. And for me, I have no shame around my background or where I come from and the struggles that I've had because... First of all, they've really brought me to where I am and who I am today. But more than that, I just don't think it's that special. Even before I was doing this work, I see people all the time. So many of my friends, they all carry their own trauma, their own ancestral trauma. And it's not really that special to have those very intense, traumatic experience everyone does everyone has their own story we just differ from each other in what it is and what our challenges are in this life well I did get mixed responses for sure outside of those people that I mentioned and with my mom for example she's also my greatest supporter and she's so 
interested in what I do and she feels very much like a part of it as well. And it's so funny. I think two weeks ago she saw a very good, apparently, psychic or healer who mentioned her in a past life being part of a community and her in this life carrying on the mission of that community. And she asked what it was and she was like, oh, it's the Essenes. Have you ever heard of them? <laughs> so in an, in a very uh, personal way, my mom has her own relationship to this work and I feel very lucky that she's so supportive of me and that we can really share that and she tells me that she's really proud of me all the time she's amazing and my mom in general is a really amazing person like we were just talking the other day and she is now doing she's retired she's doing volunteer work where she's teaching immigrants how to speak Dutch and She'll like take them on all of these trips and, you know, to their home and sightseeing. My mom is just the most beautiful human being. Of course, people who are like more on the like periphery of my circle of friends, there were mixed responses, which I didn't really have any expectation or any like hopes about how people would respond. Of course, you hope that everyone, you know, is just happy and supportive and respects what you do. But I already knew going into it that what I do is just not for everyone. And I am totally fine with that. So in general, I am always super happy and supportive of other people, whatever it is that they want to do. And that doesn't mean that I have to feel a personal connection to whatever their work or their passions are. I just respect and support, you know, the person for who they are. And I just hope to, I, and I expect the same respect. That's it. And I don't really care if other people like believe, quote unquote, believe in what I do or whatever. I did have friends who were, you know, basically don't feel a connection with what I do. And they're like, you know, I don't really get it, but I'm super happy for you. And, you know, I support you, which is amazing. Then I also had some of my most, let's say, spiritual friends who were very interested in the work and like super, super interested in it and not so supportive, which was interesting as well. And that was more about their own stuff, which they told me. So I had one example of a really close friend in the beginning who told me that it was kind of hard for her to see that I was already having so many amazing clients in the beginning where she had been struggling to work as a healer for many years. And it was confronting for her. And she told me, like, this is just about me and it's triggering for me to see and that was for me, you know, a little bit uncomfortable. But like she already said, it wasn't really about me. It was more about her own thing. And then I also had another friend, I think, who I mentioned a couple episodes ago, who was really, let's say, shocked by my stances on some political and medicine things. And she had had a lot of, for her, very 
almost traumatizing discussions about this in her family, around a specific family member. So for her to, she really took it personal in a way. And she also told me like, this is really about me. And, but it did affect our relationship in both those cases, which is really unfortunate. But, you know, in those situations, for me, I just had to recommit to my work and choose to not take on what's not mine and to commit to my own work focusing on the most positive aspects of it. And luckily, I was able to pretty easily. I mean, I get so much out of doing this work and it makes me so happy and I'm able to help so many other people with it that that like so greatly outweighs the situations where people are triggered and it affects relationships. And, you know, it's really good and really important to know who has your back and who supports you and who doesn't make it about themselves and who can just, you know, be there for you as a friend and not, you know, make it personal or about them. But it's even better to know where you have your own back and where I was able to really commit even more to this work and have my own back. So I didn't really have situations or friends or family members who were one, not interested in my work at all, and also not supportive of me. So that was very okay and all very manageable. And I just really focus on ultimately the people who I'm really serving with this work. And I don't do this for my friends or for my old colleagues who are coming across my Instagram page. I really am here to serve you guys who listen to my podcast episodes, my clients, my apprentices, my students in shamanic initiation, and also the people who are on Instagram and just follow along here on the podcast as well, who I've never worked with. You are all the people that I serve and who I show up for. And I'm so greatly committed to that. And that is really the world that I'm immersed in all of the time. Even if someone, you know, from my own life or my past pops up and is triggered by something. That's really not my um, like core audience anyway, if that makes sense. If you do find that those negative responses from people, those less than supportive reactions for you really outweigh the positive, and maybe in general you're more of a glass half empty kind of person or a trigger something for you, I feel like if you are not able to really focus on the positive things, then you're never really going to enjoy anything that you do. First of all, because you cannot control what other people think. It's really none of your business what other people think either. It's also not that interesting. Everyone has their own story, their own convictions, and that's totally okay. I would really advise you, if you're on a similar path, to not try and waste any time to convince anyone of what you're doing. Because ultimately, if you are 
very irritated or very hurt by criticism or unsolicited advice. Although it is, it can be very rude if people give you that. It really only bugs you when you are doubting those things about yourself as well. And I think that's really key. If you feel like on some level you can't really back your own decisions or what you're doing, then when you feel rejected by someone else, it'll really hurt. And that's because you're rejecting that thing about yourself or you're not really believing in yourself. And then that is a great gift because that's then what you get to work on. Now, let's take your questions. Okay, Alejandra asked me, did your family or loved ones ever tell you that you were endangering them by practicing your beliefs? No, not at all. I guess the only instance that kind of comes close is where a family member is like, I don't want you to talk about this or this thing. Then, depending on what it is, of course, I'll definitely respect that. But no, not at all. Hannah, were you scared of coming out as a spiritual person to the people around you? No, I wasn't because it's who I've always been and it's really how I relate to life. Even though I've never really shared it with everyone, I'm not an overtly, I'm not a person who uses like spiritual language all the time or who's kind of living in another dimension all the time. So I think that when people talk to me and it doesn't come up, it maybe feels like, you know, a surprise. But also trust that everyone has their own way of relating to the things that are bigger than just what we can see and touch around us. So no, I wasn't really scared of it. Sometimes I was a little bit hesitant about being on social media for more reasons. Of course, there's the whole data issue. But then again, I feel like the positives that you can do and how you can connect to other people for me obviously very much outweigh the negatives and I feel like those search engines already based on your search history and the things that you do on your laptop any technology already probably unfortunately give everything away about us anyway so I'm not too concerned about that and at first I didn't really like the idea of people like old colleagues and like old boyfriends people like that coming across what i was doing and thinking that i think of myself as an influencer there so that was something that i definitely had to work on like my own visibility i was someone who couldn't even listen to my own voice on a video or a voicemail or something like that, let alone then having my own podcast episode around my own visibility. I definitely had a lot of things that I needed to break through and I'm still breaking through them on a deeper level every time. But I think that's the real uh, healing that comes with this work as well. So whenever I was scared about something, I just had such a deep core connection to the ultimate goal that I was working towards, which was connecting with you all, that that really helped me to 
put things in perspective and overcome it very easily. Angela, was it difficult starting your own business? If so, how did you manage? No, I didn't really mind all of that stuff. It made me feel very empowered to be able to make my own decisions. I will say it's definitely not for everyone. It takes a lot of responsibility and a lot of showing up, a lot of doing things that you have no interest in learning to manage your own business. But it's really all of the more masculine, yang stuff that allows me to be in flow and be receptive and create and be very creative within that space and within those boundaries which you know allow me to connect to society and function here within all of the infrastructure that's necessary for that so I feel like I managed all of that very easily Jake he asked me what do you do when a client asks for a refund because the journey didn't work for them that has never happened How did I deal with people in situations where people weren't supportive? Well, I mentioned a few of those. Those are really the only ones, except maybe the random person on Instagram and the occasional weird message, which is just part of having an open Instagram account. But I dealt with them, allowing myself to feel unsupported by them at first. And then really being able to see that some things are not about me. So choosing not to take them on and to just persevere on the, the path that I've wholeheartedly chosen. The next question I received was, which initial channels did my clients first contact me through? So email or social media. I definitely think email because at first I was already doing this right for a long time so when I started journeying for people that I already knew they would then recommend me to other people etc how did I get so many clients when I initially started well there was a, a long time where that was just all I was doing journeying for people that I knew And then I started to get a lot of clients when I went on to social media and I just started to share my experiences. And what I also did was I reached out to every follower personally. And this I don't do anymore because I can't keep up with it. I wish that I could though, but I really wanted to make that space for me, first of all, very safe to show up and completely be myself and speak freely. And I wanted other people to feel like they could do the same and where it was more of a personal connection space than just another one of the billions of accounts and I also gave a lot of discounts at first and that was just you know something that doesn't I don't do anymore and it doesn't you know feel aligned for me at all to do but in the beginning I was still also really building my own experience and I wanted clients. I wanted to be able to do this work full time and show myself that I could do it. So I wanted to make it easier for people to try it and allow journeying to prove itself to them and for me to 
be given the opportunity to prove myself to other people. Jake asks, what's the best marketing technique that has worked for you to get clients? I have never applied any marketing technique. I don't know anything about marketing. I've never used any paid advertising or anything like that. Last question that I'll respond to here is how do I handle a journeying session that didn't work for a client? Well, luckily that's never happened. What has happened once is that a client was very set on me giving some kind of confirmation about a girl that he was seeing. And I told him very clearly beforehand, I'm always very clear about what this work entails beforehand, but I told him I cannot guarantee anything that may or may not come up in a journey. So it didn't come up and he was very disappointed about that. But, you know, he chose to go through the experience anyway and the best that I can do for a client is just give them the real actual journey as it appears and as it comes up and my only role is just to facilitate and honor that so I am always very clear about that and then it's up to the person if they want to do it or not but I've never really had a journey not work luckily Well, this is it for today. I hope that this was helpful for you and that I've answered most of your questions at least. And next episode is going to be a very exciting one, a highly, highly requested one. I think I've received about a million questions, not for me, but for my boyfriend. So he is going to be our guest on the next episode. And in general... What you can do is if you are not able to journey with me, but you have a personal situation that is really challenging or maybe really fun and you just want my perspective on it, you can email it to me with some context and then I will feel into it and share my shamanic energetic perspective on it completely anonymously on the podcast. All right, everyone, if you enjoyed the episode, please follow And please leave a review on iTunes that reflects your experience because it really helps other people to see the podcast as well and to learn from it and to further their own healing process. All right. Love you guys. Thanks so much for being here and I'll talk to you guys soon.